Hey yoga teacher, now is the time to make a much bigger impact in the world. You're listening to The Yogipreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurial yoga teachers who want to stop the hustle and overwhelm and instead create more income, freedom and success. I'm your host, Kelly McHugh, founder of Digital Yoga Academy, and I'm sharing business and marketing strategies to grow your community in a way that makes it easy to take action today. I believe that you have a unique message to share that your people need to hear. So let's get to it. Talking about email list building strategies and Ali has grown her community and her tribe to over 50,000 yogis from all over the world, which is incredible, right? Absolutely incredible. And she is an incredible yoga business owner. She's going to be sharing her story and her journey with you guys today. So really exciting, really exciting stuff. Hey, and here she is. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? So excited to be here and to be talking about this topic together. I, I know, right? I know. So thank you so much for being here today with us. Really, really appreciate you taking the time to come into the group and share with us what you've been doing, all the awesome things you've been doing in your, in your business. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me in your corner of the world. I joined your group not long ago and I'm loving what everyone's working on and talking about and working through and supporting one another through. So it's an amazing community to be part of and for everyone who's in it, take advantage of it. It's an important space to be if you're looking to become a yoga business owner and leverage the online space. Amazing. Thank you. So we're talking about how you've grown your community today and Before we kind of get into that, let's just hear a little bit more about you and, you know, your journey with the Journey Junkie, how that came to be. Yeah, so I'm 32. When I was 24, I moved to Italy with my girlfriend and took a hiatus from the corporate life. And at the time, I'd been practicing yoga for about two years consistently. Moved to Italy. We found a local yoga studio. I kept practicing yoga very consistently, like five to six days a week. I had drank the Kool-Aid. And um, in addition to that, I was being exposed to all of these people who were living off, making a livelihood from the online world. This was pre-Instagram. This was pre-YouTube becoming a really popular channel. This was when blogging was still very much so alive and thriving. And I was meeting all these people who were telling me that they're traveling around the world, living off their blogs. And I was like, who are all of these unicorn people? I was taught to go to college, get a corporate job with benefits with a steady paycheck every two weeks. And that's what you do until you retire at 65. Mm -hmm. And so I was meeting all these people. They were blowing my mind and really expanding my awareness of what is possible in the world. And so I came home from that stint of living in Italy for six months with two things that were really top of mind. Number one, I wanted to figure out how to travel the world like those people were by living offline. And number two, I knew I wanted to become a yoga teacher. So concurrently, I was going to yoga teacher training now, and I started the Journey Junkie blog. And I was also back in the corporate cubicle as well. 
in the soul sucking corporate world, as I call it. Yeah. And um, the Journey Junkie started as a travel blog. And I used to share lots of travel articles based on my six months of living in Italy and traveling around Europe. And that's how I got started, hence the name The Journey Junkie. And then I ran out of travel content because I stopped traveling because I was in a corporate cubicle again. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I've got this blog, I have nothing to talk about. And so I shifted it to start talking about yoga when I was in my YTT and it was very basic back then. You know, five ways to use a yoga block, 10 yoga legging brands you gotta know, yeah. seven yoga accessories you have to have. And I did that for a long time. I blogged about very basic stuff. And so that's how my journey got started. Amazing. I love that. So how many years ago was it that you left the corp your corporate job? Mm, I didn't quit my corporate job until about three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. But I had, I've been at the journey junkie for six years, six years, maybe more. <laughs> right. Okay. And yeah. I often remind teachers here in this community that we all start with zero. zero. So, you know, going back to when you first started, you know, five or six years ago, you had zero people in your community, zero subscribers on your email list. How did that feel back then? And like, what was your vision? Did you ever imagine that you would grow your list to, you know, over 50,000? No, no way. I never thought that was possible. And I was really stricken by comparison and fear so much so that during my yoga teacher training, we did this exercise where we spoke about our fears and it was this very eye-opening exercise that helped me get over my fears of being in the blogging world because I was comparing myself to all of these huge blogs yeah. that were many years ahead of me, right? Like many years. And I was crippled. I would write a blog post or I would put up a YouTube video and then I would go, I would like ghost for three months and not put anything up because I was so afraid. Like I, like, A, am I doing this wrong? Am I doing it right? Is anyone even reading or watching? And I stayed in that like gray zone for really longer than I needed to, but that was part of my journey, right? And we all know, you know, these journeys are not linear mm. at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very circular and zigzaggy. And yeah, I, I feel all the feelings that you guys are feeling and I still feel those feelings anytime I'm entering into new territory. So anytime mm -hmm. I'm expanding our business, changing our business, adding a new branch to our business, I have to contend with those same feelings of someone's doing it better and why even bother? Yeah. And do I'm going to take on this workload. <laughs> Oh, I'm really glad that you've, that you've talked about this. You know, it's the classic imposter syndrome, isn't it? And it really does impact all of us. And it's not, I always say that these fears are like recycled. They're not new. We all experience them and they don't just happen at the beginning of your business journey. They happen throughout, you know, that's what makes it so up and down and it's, it's challenging, but we have to stay with the mindset stuff, right? We have to really be you know, really stick to working on our mindset so that we can kind of move through these challenges and these blocks and continue to grow. 
Yes. And like, to your point, how lucky are we that we're yoga teachers? So we're in the business of a mind science and we know the tools. We know pranayama. We know asana. We know meditation better than anyone else Mm -hmm. in other business categories. And so we have the tools to overcome the angst and the fear and the overwhelm and the comparison and the imposter syndrome. And I think we need to be reminded of that. Like we have the, t- the tools in our in yeah. our toolkit yeah, yeah yeah totally totally so you started with your blog that's how it all kind of came about so talk to us about other types of content that you've used in your business to attract you know your ideal students yeah you know what everyone listening I have tried everything I used to solely blog I then had guest bloggers because mm-hmm. in the beginning I thought the ticket to success was you have to put out a lot of content. And this was back when you were making money through sponsored posts. So brands would reach out to you and pay for a blog post. And you were also making money off having ads on your site through Google. And it wasn't very profitable, but that's what I did for like probably two years. And I made, I think, I think I reached like 15K in revenue annually from doing that. But it did give me confidence, but the market has drastically shifted since then. Yeah. And then I got my ass on YouTube, which also took a lot of moving through fear. I asked my parents and everyone to chip in for all of the equipment. And then it just Mm. sat in the corner for like six months. I was petrified of it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to be on YouTube. And what if local yoga teachers find me and start critiquing me and criticizing me about why I'm not cueing something correctly? Because I was a brand new yoga teacher at the time and I was really afraid of the judgment and the criticism. But finally, like we said, we, I worked through that mindset. I got myself on YouTube and that is our primary content now. But also within this period of being a business owner, I had a podcast with my girlfriend and we had a book club membership at one point. So I also did podcasting and I love that medium. Um, so my best advice is get clear on what you think you're going to enjoy, test out a few, and then get married to one content platform, like really marry it and go for it. So my content platform is YouTube. Right. Other yoga teachers, it's a podcast. Other yoga teachers, it's a blog post. Yeah. And you got to decide what works best for you and, you know, your personality and what you think is going to be most sustainable. And also remember you can pivot and you can change and blow the whole thing up and go a different direction too. Like yeah. that's why we have divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so what about in terms of like repurposing then, you know, creating content and using it in on different channels Yeah. So everything we put up on YouTube, which is a weekly yoga class and or meditation Mm. is also being put into a blog post on our website. Um, You know, I think of our website as our home. It's our journey junkie headquarters. So it's most important for everything we do to live on there and not rely on these other platforms like YouTube, like podcasting, like social media. We need to have a home base. And I know you talk a lot about that in your group how websites are so important. So the weekly YouTube video gets put on the website, a short blog post gets paired with that class. And we also send out a weekly email to our list saying, hey, we've got a new class for you. We keep almost the exact same copy from the blog post, put it in the email, tweak it a little bit to make it more relevant. And 
that's what gets sent out. And then um, I'm on a hiatus from Instagram right now, but if I was on Instagram or I used to have a free Facebook group like yours, yeah, I would use that same copy and put it in my free Facebook group to promote my new class. I would pin that to the top of the group so people see it. And then I would take that same copy and put it in a Facebook post on my business page and put it on my Instagram account, right? Yeah. So yeah, you always want to be thinking, how, how do I avoid reinventing the wheel? Because that's going to lead to burnout and fatigue. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think sometimes when we think of content, we think that we have to be in all of these places and creating different content for different channels. But, you know, the chances of people seeing something in all of those places that you put out, you know, very, very slim. But also, you know, people do need that repetition. They do need to see things multiple times in order for it to kind of sink in. There's a lot of messages that we're being bombarded with all the time. Um, so I think it's about being clever, isn't it? It's being clever with your time, mm -hmm. really maximizing the content you know, and, and getting it out there as much as you can. And so ha, ha, what have you found, you know, in terms of the different channels where you're putting content out, where have you found um, the most engagement for you? Would you say that it, it's with the YouTube? Because obviously you're focusing on that now. Yeah, yeah, it is YouTube because you need to think about, and I know this is hard to visualize when you're at the beginning of your journey, but you need mm -hmm. to think about what would be my paid offering in the future? What would be my future paid offering? And for me, it's been online yoga course programs. And now we have a monthly yoga membership. And so for me, what makes the most sense that is the most related to my offerings. And I didn't know this back then, you guys, I was like, I teach yoga and the best way to teach yoga is through a video. Like I can't teach it through a bunch of static images and it's not going to work through a podcast. So mm. <laughs> video <Yeah>. it is, <laughs> but Think about where do I see myself going in the next five years? I know that's a really big question con to contend with. And what would be the best content that would serve that larger vision or dream that I have? And so because we serve up video content, video classes, right, in our membership and in our paid courses, I have to give people a sample of what they're going to per purchase. I have to build trust with them. And I have to show them like, hey, I can get you results. And so that's why YouTube is our main content platform. And it will be so long as we continue with this business model. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk list building. Uh, <laughs> so what does, um, what, what role does content play then in, in relation to growing your email list? Yeah, so you're going to hear everyone tell you in regards to list building that you need to be communicating with your list on a regular basis. And when I was reading these articles years ago, I was like, okay, well, what the fuck do I talk to these people about every week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is what I ate for breakfast, and this is the yoga pose I like the most this week. And I did that for a little bit, don't get me wrong. But you want to have a reason to reach out to your list and you want to provide value. And so the easiest way to do that is through whatever it is you're creating, your content, mm -hmm. right? It gives you something to reference, to speak about, to offer, again, to build trust. Like the barrier, barrier we have with the online world is trust, right? Yeah. In person, we can build that immediately in just one yoga class encounter. Online, it takes a lot longer. So 
content plays that role that it gives me a way to connect with my community on a weekly basis to serve them consistently to show that I am valuable in their life as an online mm. yoga teacher yeah. and when it comes time to launch my paid programs they know who I am I've been in their inbox every single week whether they've opened my emails or not I'm not some random stranger right yeah so it's key <clears throat> it's so key to your success as an online yoga business entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And if you're creating, you know, your regular video content, you've got something to talk to people about as well. You know, you've got a reason to be landing in their inbox every week. And what about then in terms of like actually getting people onto your email list? And I know you do a lot of challenges and um, video series, but what does that kind of look like for you and how has it developed over the years? Yeah, so quickly after we got on YouTube, I realized other people doing challenges and we did our first one called the 30 pose journey. 10 minute videos, 30 poses, one a day, dripped out the content, had an email sequence written. It took a lot of time and there was no monetary instant monetary reward, I'll say, right? Because the monetary reward came later. But that was an amazing list builder. From there, we did a seven-day yoga body boot camp challenge. As you can suspect, it was a power yoga focus, a vinyasa strength focus. Then um, we've done, I mean, I've done so many challenges, it's insane now that I'm thinking about it. So I've used them for list building and done them for free, put them on out on YouTube. And when the challenge went live, I did a lot of promotion around it, right? Using all the social media channels I had. This was before I was using Facebook ads and I would get everyone super, super excited, right? And then the challenge would go live. I would drip the content on YouTube, drip the content through email platform, through your email service platform. But then the challenge is evergreen. It's available forever. Yeah. And those challenges still people bring bring people onto my list, like four years later, which is the beauty of them. And then every time we launch a paid offering, we're always putting a challenge in front of it, always. So in late January last year, we reopened our online Body, Mind, Soul studio. And we did a seven day challenge on the front end before it opened. And it's key, it's so key to the success of our launches. And every single launch I've done, I've had a challenge before it, a three day, a five day, a seven day, and I'm getting ready to do the same thing next month when we reopen our studio doors again. Right, okay, so you've experimented with like different variations of the challenge. What are you finding is working best? Um, what's working best I've learned over the years are short, bite-sized pieces of content that people can accomplish quickly so they feel like they've gained progress and like you're getting them results. Yeah. So what I used to do and what many online content creators do, and I still do this sometimes too, is we give way too much content. We overwhelm them. Now it's day five of the challenge. They haven't even done day one of the challenge. They feel guilty. They feel like it's too far along. I can't catch up. I'm going to stop opening your emails now. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. There's a fine line, isn't there? You have to really work on getting that right. 
Yeah. So I used to be like, do this 60 minute yoga class. Now do this worksheet and show up to the live call today. And like people have lives and people have children and people need to do their laundry. And there's no way they can do three hours worth of content in one day for seven days in a row. Mm. And, um, don't do that. (laughs) So you want to, you want to keep that for the paid offering, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I used to give a lot away for free. And now like this next challenge I'm about to do is day one is a yoga class and that's it. Day two is a worksheet and day three is a meditation. And there are live calls every day if you can attend. Um, but it's one activity per day and that's it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And also you get that sense of community. So are you doing those? Do you do the challenge inside a Facebook group? So I used to run a Facebook group. It got to around 25,000 people. And personally, I felt like I wasn't running it effectively. And it had reached a place where there was too many people and too much posting where when I posted, it wasn't even getting any engagement. And I was spending my time and my assistant, paying my assistant to be in there and manage the group. But that group was beautiful till about 15,000 people. And it gave me a massive return on investment. So I used to put them in there, right? And now my new method is that I do a pop-up Facebook group for my challenges. So back in January, we had that big challenge. It was seven days before we launched our online studio again. And I had a pop-up Facebook group for that, for the seven-day window and for the open cart window. And then we closed it down. And it was great. It's a great way to create like a lot of contained energy for a brief amount of time. And they know, like you're up front, there's a pop-up group and it's shutting down. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I I mean, I I do that in my business as well. So yeah, it works really, really well. And especially if you're leading it into as you say, your online yoga course, it's just, you've, you're creating that hype. You've like created a container where you can have all of that energy. And then, you know, some of those people, of course, will move on to your online course and enroll in it. So mm-hmm. that's really great. Thank you for talking us through that. Really, yeah. really useful to, to hear how it's working for you. So um, any, other, any other types of opt-ins that have worked well, other than challenges? Anything that's like on evergreen, perhaps, that you're you're not fully having to be involved from a live perspective? Yeah. So all of the old challenges I mentioned, and if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see them on the homepage. There's 30 Pose Journey. There's Yoga Body Boot Camp. There's a Chakra Challenge. Um, All of those can be accessed, and there's ways to sign up for them. Um, On the main header or the top of my website all across it, I am offering you to join a seven day morning yoga challenge. And that was one that this is another great way to repurpose your content. So I did seven weeks of short morning yoga classes like three years ago on YouTube. And I didn't intentionally think about doing this, but it just worked out. I was like, why don't I just piece together all seven of those classes and make a seven day morning yoga challenge? Mm-hmm. and whip up a quick workbook with it. And so now like my main offering when you come to my site is join my seven day morning yoga challenge. And you know, that was, this is just old content that I'm repurposing that got dripped out over the span of seven weeks, serving my audience on a weekly basis. Um, and we use those for list building. We run ads to that one. We yeah. run ads to some of the older ones. Um, 
but I, I also have done one-off worksheets. I've also done single meditations. Um, I've done lots of different freebies or list building, um, content upgrades to get people on my list. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And so you, you've mentioned ads a few times. Can you touch on that a little bit, how it's worked for you in, in your business? Oh, they are amazing. They're a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little <laughs> risky. Um, when I started running ads, I took a course and I taught myself how to run my own ads. And of course I had my graphic designer make the images. You yeah. might be able to do that, but that's not one of my skill sets. And I think it's really important actually that you do go through that learning curve of running your own ads, even if it's only for like a 90 day window or one yeah. launch, because when you go to hire a Facebook ads manager, which is who we work with now, they're going to be sending you reports. You're going to be meeting for strategy meetings mm. and you got to know what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah. There's Definitely. a lot of lingo. There's a lot of jargon, you know, and you want to know your business and you want to know what you're spending your money on. Yeah. So I always recommend find a course, run them yourself first. You'll make some mm -hmm. mistakes and it will be overwhelming. Like you said, like, don't let the tech win, but sometimes it has one when it comes to Facebook ads. <laughs> um, and then eventually when you're ready, a Facebook ads manager mm -hmm. is a great person to have on your team. We've just added that person to our team in the last year and a half. And it's, freed up a lot of space for me to work on other projects. Yeah, totally. I'm glad you said that because I think you need to get in the trenches of your business and really understand your business before you start outsourcing it. And the fact that you invested in yourself and your knowledge to understand it, you know, it's, it's, it's such a golden thing to do. Like when you're in the beginning to really understand what you're doing here when it comes to marketing. So what about all the other strategies that you've been, you know, using in your business? How did you learn about these things? Did you do a course as well? Yeah. I just want to rewind real quick um, mm -hmm. back to our Facebook ads conversation because recently we've, you know, in my business, I've had nothing evergreen and I wish I would have done it sooner, but we're doing it now. So it's mm -hmm. okay. But we're repackaging old content and pulling out content from my online membership and we're going to start selling it a la carte right? Okay. through an evergreen model. And so we just, used, we just launched our first one called Lunar Yoga. And it's a, it's a $37 program. It's four yoga classes with some bonuses and worksheets and whatnot. And what's really cool about Facebook ads is we've got the funnel going now. People are coming in through a freebie. It's a free meditation that's focused on the lunar system. They're going through several nurture emails and they're reaching the sales emails, right? Yeah. And those are converting at $4.80 a sale. So $37, you know, minus four is amazing, right? Because we have to remember in the digital product land, we're not packaging anything. We're not shipping anything. We're not paying for warehousing the product is done, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's why Facebook ads are so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you get the results like that, it helps with your mindset because in the beginning you're scared to, to spend money, right? But when you actually start learning more and you understand it more, then 
and you see that it's actually working, then, you, then you're, you're more confident to actually spend the money, right? You're like, okay, yeah. I can do this now. I can spend money. I can scale up. So yes. that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And then going back to your question that you just asked me is, mm -hmm. the way I learned all this is I had to buy courses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I had to invest. And the first course I ever bought was called Blog to Biz. And it literally took my blog and turned it into a business. And it taught me how to create my first ever course. Yeah. And that first ever course we launched to 20,000 people on my email list. So when I got serious about building my email list, I had 2000 people on there and it was like, I was using MailChimp and I was just sending you a monthly newsletter about nothing in particular. I was just sending you one because I knew I was supposed to. And then for like a year, we got so hyper-focused on YouTube. We did all of those challenges I mentioned for free and a year's time we built it to 20,000. So it was an wow. awesome way to leverage YouTube, leverage Pinterest, leverage my website. Mm. And, uh, so when we launched that first course, it was a 20 day, 21 day yoga program. It was $129, 20,000 people on the list. And we made $70,000 in three weeks. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Like I hadn't yeah. sold anything yet online and I wasn't really sure like if this online world thing was real. And then real quick, I learned it is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and on, on that launch where I ran all of my own ads, um, we spent $10,000 in ads. So we made $60,000 profit. Yeah. Which was more I'm, than my annual marketing salary at the time. Yeah. I'm seeing similar results in my, in for digital yoga Academy and spending that amount. I think on the last launch that I did, we spent $8,000. So I think, you know, it's not something you're going to do straight away. Like you have to get into the trenches, as I said, and you've got to learn and you've got to invest in your knowledge but it's totally possible. And I always say, you know, this is not a quick win. You know, this is about building a sustainable business, right? It's not like an overnight success, quick win. You've got to put the work in, you've got to really be committed to it. And I think if your passion is to share and you just know that in your, in your bones that this is what you're meant to do, then you need to commit to it and commit to your learning is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the number one common denominator between the people who are reaching these higher levels of success and even the people I see that kind of started at the same time as me and they've catapulted way further forward. And mm -hmm. I'm realizing like, oh shit, it's investing in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after I bought that first course, I kind of got into this mentality that I can figure it out on my own. Like this one course is enough to solve all of my problems. I'll figure everything out through listening to podcasts and watching YouTube tutorials and I'll piece it together. And like, that was me operating from a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And I've just kind of three years later realized this. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm really recommitting and doubling down to reinvesting the money we make back into courses and eventually, hopefully I can join a high level mastermind and get a coach because that is just going to streamline your mm. business operations so well. It's going to give you so much clarity, purpose, and direction. And you're not going to have to go in as many circles as I have. And maybe you had to, I don't know, yeah. but I went in a lot of fucking circles and yeah. there were many times where I was like, I'm done. I'm burnt out. I'm blowing everything up honey, husband, you're going back to work full time and I'm going to be a housewife. Like I'm done with this. And I just had that conversation in February. 
Yeah. And it looked like put it looked like hiring a new team member, asking my husband to really step in and be more of like a COO role for me yeah. because he has project management, a project management background and elevating my other team member to take on more and have more ownership because I'm like way too in the weeds right now. But in the beginning, I was in the weeds for a long time and that's okay. And you should be in the weeds. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely invest in the course, invest definitely. in the program, invest in the coaching. It matters so much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me personally, you know, at this year I've invested 10,000 pounds in a coach working with a coach you know and it's like <laughs> but you know when you know you're ready when you when you're ready like the coach shows up when you're ready right mm -hmm. <laughs> and already like within a few weeks of working with her I'd made back that investment so it's like it pays for itself it always does and mm -hmm. it helps you to expand mm -hmm. okay so um obviously email marketing we've been talking about that but what is your advice for a teacher who prefers to spend their time growing their instagram following over growing their email list stop immediately <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to say it's a waste of your time but it's a waste of your time um you know listen guys like i have been dealing just with some mindset challenges. Um, like I said, back in February, I was ready to just like blow up my business right after we spent $10,000 building a custom app. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I was having some serious mindset issues and I had, I decided to go off Instagram and I've been off Instagram since um, like February 1st and my business is still running and it's still making money. And the reason it's doing that is because of my email list. Yeah. I sell out all of my retreats through my email list. Like it is the number one piece of our business that we rely on to create connection, to create community and bring in revenue. Mm -hmm. And it's the number one way that you can talk to people directly. I know that our inboxes are overflowing and so you might think it's not effective, but you can learn strategies to make it effective. And Instagram, you know, I have about 30,000 followers on there and it's just like the amount of true engagement and true exposure I'm getting is so small compared to my email list. And Instagram has been designed to keep you in their app. It is so beautiful. It is so visually appealing. It is so addicting that to mm -hmm. actually get someone to click out of the app. So they've swiped yeah. up, they followed the link in your bio to get them to take that kind of action is difficult. The mm. app is so fun to be in. <laughs> um, so I would say if you love Instagram, keep it, but you should not make it your main focus for building your community because it's distracting. It's designed for people to stay in it. People are using it as a vice, as a tool to kind of disengage <laughs> from their own lives. And it's also breeds a lot of comparison for people and it's a time sucker. It's a yeah. massive time sucker. Whereas your email list is the number one way that you will, again, create connection, build community and increase revenue. Yeah. So put your efforts there. 
Yeah, and you'll have seen this yourself, but the, there's a direct correlation, right, between the growth of your email list, the growth of your community, and the growth of your bank account. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I do want to caution you guys because our email list is around 70,000 now, and our open rates are going down the bigger our list becomes. And that's more because I've had a lack of strategy when it comes to running my business. I've taken some hiatuses because my husband and I just were sailing for two years and we were in really remote locations. So I wasn't really able to stay as connected and it definitely severed the trust a little bit. I see it in my open rates. I see it in my click through rates. So even though you're just getting started, I still want you to be visioning for the future and having this bigger dream about what is my dream business that I want to lead and what are the small baby steps I can take to keep me in alignment with that vision? Because I really operated in the last few years on a whim, like, Oh, I have this great idea. And Oh, this sounds fun in my business. And I'm going to do this now. And I think it's definitely when I go back and reflect, I'm like, okay, why is this person making a million dollars? And I'm not. Or why do they have a million subscribers on their YouTube channel and I don't? And we start at the same time. And I can go back now and really see, oh, that's why. And it's okay. Like I've had to reckon with that. It's okay. And it's my own unique journey and I'll get there when I will. But um, if I could go back and change anything, it would be having some strategy, having a lot of strategy and clarity, which you get from investing in courses and in coaches and sticking with that strategy for the long term and the long haul. And that definitely gets woven into your email list and your communication with them. So, um, yeah, but going back to your question, yeah, Instagram is a great tool for connection. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not going to increase your revenue. And I see lots of influencers on Instagram with like 500,000 followers. Right. And I feel really confident in guessing that they're not making as much money as me because they're doing just a lot of sponsored posts and like random crap. And mm -hmm. sure, they might be making a few thousand, but I don't think they're making multiple six figures. No, well, it's harder to convert from there. I mean, it's a great place to, you know, be visible. And certainly, you know, we're not saying to everybody here, get off Instagram. But what we are saying is, focus on your email list. Like ask yourself the question, what am I doing this week to grow my email list? Am I spending more, more of my time in Instagram, in the feeds, like, you know, scrolling through the news feed, or am I doing anything to grow my email list? Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, just kind of taking a moment to reflect on where we're spending our time and energy um, yeah. and, you know, making yeah. changes if we need to. And I would say for everyone starting out their email list, you know, what is your specialty within the yoga realm? And I know you talk a lot about niching and niching is so hard. And I think it's hard because many of us get thrown in as yoga teachers and we teach very general yoga classes mm -hmm. and it's, we have to take it upon ourselves to go get specialty training and niche down. And some of us never do. Like mm -hmm. we simply enjoy these more general Hatha um, vinyasa power classes, but that's really broad really broad. So it's difficult to niche down. But if you can think about what is something that I'm really interested in sharing and then put the, make that into a freebie, into your lead generation offer and stick with that for like a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And promote it everywhere. Promote it everywhere. 
plug it, promote it, talk about it. And as you're promoting it, your email list is going to build. Then you're going to stay in constant communication with them consistently, like we've spoken about, because mm. you're going to be talking about your weekly content offering that's providing value. And eventually in that time period, you'll come closer to what it is you want to create and sell and serve to your community. Um, but yeah, put some really good thought. You know, I have a lot of freebies and stuff, and I think it would be better if you had one really badass one. And yeah. then of course you can change it. But yeah. what is the one that is going to lead to, like I said, that bigger vision or dream for your business? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. You want to, you want to be giving people a taster and you want it to be really good. So they're like, oh my gosh, if this is how good her freebie is, her online course must be amazing. So you want to be giving mm -hmm. people a taster as to what they would get further down the line for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, you, we talked a bit about your niche there, but just to, because there's a couple of questions that have come in on it. Um, yeah. Like what, how long did it take you for, for you to realize what your niche is and your ideal student? Oh girl, I'm like, you guys, I'm going to be really transparent. I'm working that out right now. <laughs> it's an ongoing process, right? It's I'm an working ongoing that process. out right now because the model I've been doing all these years um, has been, like I said, generic, mostly generic, more vanilla yoga and 25 minute morning yoga class for energy, stuff like that, right? I still love to teach it, but it does, like, there's only so much of it. <laughs> It is what brings in the general population classes that are, you know, helping people with general stuff, but your competition then is massive. Mm. We've got yoga with Adrian on YouTube. That's got like 7 million followers. You've got all of these big names. In addition to the individual big names, you've got yoga international, yoga glow, mm. aloe moves. You've got yeah. all of these big streaming services and we just can't compete with them because their budgets are massive. Yeah, so sure. I'm kind of just awakening to the fact that I finally need to nail down who my ideal customer is. And I've actually been working through that in a course recently. And I think my big niche, my, my, the thing I'm most connected to is helping yoga students, um, helping yoga students by teaching them that yoga is a daily tool to be used, not just for burning calories, but for transforming your well-being and your livelihood. Like I am not concerned with you doing crow pose. And this is for me and my journey. Six, like three years yeah. ago, I was telling everyone to learn crow pose, right? Yeah. So we can shift. But yeah. now I'm more concerned with like, how is yoga supporting you on a daily basis? Are you utilizing pranayama, restorative poses before bed? Do you know how to access your nervous system to downregulate? Like I'm more concerned with the more transformative con concepts and aspects. And so that's where my niche is now. Yeah, perfect. Three years ago though, it was power yoga. <laughs> yeah, this is it. You know, you, you have to be open to allowing it to evolve as you evolve as a teacher as well. And I think it's an mm -hmm. ongoing process, right? As you get more experience and you build your community and you, you can get that feedback from people as well. Yes. So you start to understand what, you know, the people who you are attracting, mm -hmm. what they actually want and what they're actually looking for from their yoga practice. 
And, and also, you know, speaking to that is like being okay with the fact that since I've moved away from power yoga and I also really specialize in the chakra system, Mm. I love that system. I've lost a lot of people because they want to burn calories and they want to tone their muscles and they want to do the goddamn split pose, Hanumanasana. And I'm not their teacher anymore. And that was hard at first, but now I'm just like, okay, there's plenty of other yoga teachers out there. And this is why all of us can be successful is because Mm -hmm. we can't be everything to everyone. And eventually when we just get over that little bit of rejection, um, it's like, okay, great. I'm making space for the people who do want to be here and who are vibing with me and attracting that audience and that tribe to what I can serve and offer. And it's okay if you shift, like we just said, and evolve, you're going to lose some people, but then you're going to gain new people. And so that's definitely been an ebb and a flow in my business as I evolve as a human and also a business owner and a yoga teacher. And that's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, part of, it's, and that's kind of like the scary part too. Like you feel yourself evolving and you're ready to change and expand and you know you're going to leave behind some of your community and it's scary to be like oh i'm welcoming in this new person so that's always like that what you were saying how we revisit those fears and limiting beliefs that comes up for me a lot when i know that i'm transitioning oh that's amazing that's so beautiful thank you for sharing and transparent and open on that so before we finish up ali any other advice that you might have um, specifically around, I don't know, I guess like the qualities of a yoga business owner, like what should we be really, um, you know, what should we be really looking to, to live when we move forward of our business? Yeah, I want to say, you know, piggybacking off what we just spoke about, we all know as yoga teachers, our yoga practice comes first. And there's been many a time where my yoga practice has come second, third, fourth, fifth. And I find that when that happens, I'm really misaligned with my core values and my mission. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm misaligned from my work and I feel like an imposter in my own community because I'm telling everyone else to practice yoga and I'm not practicing yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also really big about reminding myself and I was reminded this Mm -hmm. at my recent um, teacher training I attended that as yoga teachers, we need to stop defining yoga as asana um, listening to a podcast to evolve our yoga business is also yoga. Like she helped me reframe it. Meditation before bed is yoga. Writing in my journal is yoga. Spadhyaya. Like I had to also reframe that because not every day am I going to get on my mat and do a practice, but am I practicing yoga in other ways? And so that really helped me get over this limiting belief that like I am bad and I'm not being a good enough teacher. Yeah. Because you're going to get stretched. You're going to get stretched when you come onto this online yoga world and you turn your teaching yoga in a studio into an online yoga business. And what I also want to say, so that's number one, is stick with your practices and also reframe what yoga is. It's going to nourish your soul and it's going to keep you in alignment and in integrity with your core values and your personal mission. And also know what your core values are and know what your mission is. Mm. This is stuff that I am also just becoming aware of. Like I thought I knew them and then I've been doing a lot of practices around them and finally I've arrived at it. Like my core value is freedom. What is yours? Mm. And so yes, authenticity, um, inspiration, motivation, other things matter. 
But if freedom isn't being fulfilled for me in my business, and if it feels heavy, then I'm not happy. Mm. So knowing your core values, knowing your mission statement for your business are important and even just for you individually. So that kind of like soul piece of the work. And then also have a content strategy in place. So the number one thing that's going to burn you out is when you're on the hamster wheel of creating content and you're like, oh shit, I'm supposed to have a video ready tomorrow. And that is going to really stress you out. So get out a big piece of poster board, get out sticky notes, go, if you're, if you're wanting to do a podcast or YouTube, get on those platforms, Google research, what have other people already done? And then listen, don't reinvent the wheel. There's thousands of morning yoga classes there's thousands more that will be made. (laughs) So come up with a content strategy and plan out your next 90 days, your next three months of content and get it done. Like within two weeks, film all the yoga videos you need to do, then write all the blog posts and emails, get it all scheduled. So you make space to work on bigger things that you want to create in your business, like your freebie and your building your email list and having a Facebook community and eventually a paid program. So get a content strategy in place so you can remove the overwhelm, right? I used to do that. I used to be like, oh my God, we have to film a class and freak out. And I would be up really late editing and writing the blog post and the email. So try not to do that to yourself. Be kind and compassionate. And um, mm. the last thing I want to say is I think a lot of people, I see a lot of people in your group and some other online yoga marketing groups I'm in. Don't forget that your business can be a blend. Cause I see a lot of people talking about like, now I feel really comfortable online, but I still like to teach in studio. I still want to do retreats. Mm-hmm. You know, we lead in-person retreats. Eventually we'll lead in-person YTTs. Eventually I would have, I want to have business masterminds where I'm coaching yoga teachers. So your business can be this eclectic, um, this eclectic offering of different services. So you don't have to give up teaching in the studio, right? Yeah. Uh, you can have this beautiful blend and they can complement one, one another. So let's say you still teach in a studio. I don't anymore, but let's say you do. It's a great time to connect with the people in there and say, hey, I also teach online. If you're not able to make it to the studio one day, find me on YouTube and we can connect in your home. And eventually that's going to lead to them being on your email list. And maybe they're going to come on retreat with you Mm. or join your YTT program or do your online program, your online yoga course. Right. So we can blend them. We don't have to have this, like I'm only online and I'm only in the studio. And I think that's important because so many of us are in the studio and get creative with it. How can you blend the two? And how can you leverage the online world to just amplify what you already do in the studio, right? Amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing advice yeah. from you, Ali. And so true, so true. You know, we can, um, I love that, is the, is the get creative part, right? We can be creative and we make the decisions ourselves at the end of the day, like we're the business owner. So yeah. we make the decisions and we can make mm-hmm. changes like that if we want to, you know, so that's really great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we have we have that ownership and that authority. Like when I shut down my 25,000 person Facebook group, that was a really scary decision. But it was heavy and I didn't like it anymore and it wasn't converting and I was like, okay, I get to decide. This is my business. I don't have to keep doing this because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. And I'm going to shut it down. 
Yeah. And it freed up a lot of space for me to do other things. So yeah, we get to have that ownership and we get to author our own story, which is cool. It's scary and it's overwhelming sometimes, but it's also really cool and freeing. So <laughs> brilliant. So yeah. um, where can we connect with you, practice with you? Yeah, I am the journey junkie everywhere. And uh, that's the URL for my website. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Pinterest. You can find me on Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram as The Journey Junkie. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been nearly an hour talking. So thank I know. you so much, Ali. Hey, Kelly, I have one more thing I wanted to share. And I thought about it before our call and then I didn't share it. Is for those of you who are just starting out, and even if you're as far along as we are, something that I've been doing in my business for years that's really helpful is save the stuff that is within your industry and niche and that is inspiring. So have a folder in your inbox and when you get sales emails or even just great emails from people like Kelly or someone else, save that in that folder and then you can go back and reference it. Or if you see a YouTube yoga class of mine, and you really like the style of it, save it in a private playlist, like an inspiration playlist. And if you see Facebook ads being run and you're like, whoa, that graphic is so great. And I love her copy. Mm. Screenshot the whole thing and have a folder called Facebook ad inspo. Same yeah. for Instagram, like screenshot the ad. Yeah. Because that has been so helpful in helping me kind of re-engineer what other people are doing and pull it apart and understand the strategy that they're doing in their own business. And I do that for many different niches. I have lots of saved stuff from other people. Me too. And it's, yeah, you too. Yeah. yeah too. I think that's a really good I'm, I'm way. Screenshotting things, but it's funny you say that because actually in the Profitable Yoga Teacher, which is my six month program that takes you through creating and launching an online yoga course, you're the inspiration in that. There's quite a few of, of screenshots of your ads and emails. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, so it's that's awesome. So do that for yourself, you guys. Like as you're seeing it, save it. And then you can reference back to it. And it will be yeah. so helpful to have your own library, so to say. So that was my last plug. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Thank you, Good. everyone, for being here with Ali and I. Thank and you, guys. Yeah. really fun to connect and chat yeah thank you so much you're we'll welcome see you in the group <laughs> okay i'll see i'm in the group you guys so i'll talk to you guys there <laughs> yeah. bye for the rest of your day thank care. you bye bye You've been listening to the Yogipreneur podcast brought to you by Digital Yoga Academy, the leader in business and marketing education for yoga teachers worldwide. And if you loved what you learned today, please subscribe, rate, and give us a review. And remember that learning is nothing without taking action. So join the Success Club, our monthly membership of online trainings, where you can get access for an entire month for free. Go to digitalyogaacademy.com forward slash success club.